Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Big Lee's World's Podcast. It is I, your host, Big Lee, coming to you on the road at location today in Noble, Illinois, for the Zero One Show. And today, I have with me a very interesting guest, somebody that, had you told me two years ago, would be on my podcast, I would have probably told you you were nuts and get away from me. Today, I have with me none other than the problem child, Mr. Aaron Roberts. Aaron, how's it going today? Man, I'm pretty good. I don't know if I should be offended by well, that or not. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think I mentioned this once before on Twitter, you know. You and I did not have the best of introductions. No. I still don't understand, you know, how it got to that point besides the fact that everyone seemed to apologize when you left. Uh, are you talking about with uh, with Caleb? <laughs> yeah. So from... I'll right. tell you, you tell me your side, I'll tell you my side, and then we can piece together what happened there. All right. So, so I, I got, I was losing weight at the time, right? So I was almost 400 pounds and I thought I was going to die. So when he told me that you guys were making fat jokes on him, I took offense to it personally. And so I felt like fat jokes are a no-go for me right now. And that was my that my biggest gripe with the situation. See, for what I remember about that, I don't actually remember a fat joke. I think it was a, if I remember right, it was a joke about how terrible he was. And for what I remember, it was, uh, I forgot, it was some kind of angle they were doing down there. And they had him doing something completely stupid. Probably. <laughs> and at that time, it was kind of like we were, uh, what's the best way to say it, I guess? I don't like to sugarcoat things, but... The best way to put it would be like, I don't like to say big time because in that chat, that training chat especially, there was nobody there that was in any shape to be big timing anybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there had been some issues going on with him and stuff like that as far as like with the training and some of the things that had been said and how he was putting over things. So, you know, at that time. So he was giving y'all the big time. Yeah, basically he was giving us the big time and in that same situation, it's like, well, you know, Cape and, at that time, Newburn is, you know, what, a good two hours away. Yeah, roughly. So, our trainees and the people that were running the training is only hearing these secondhand things of what's being said and done and stuff like that. So, for one of us to actually go down there, which was, you know, a quite surprise for him, especially considering, you know, oh yeah, they're never going to come down there. But, I think a lot of folks tend to forget, like, I can show up at these shows in Arkansas and Tennessee because I have family in the area. So it's not like I'm going to make some wild and crazy trip down there just to see somebody. And actually, the reason we went down there because we were bored to begin with. Yeah. And uh, that's how we ended up there. And I knew that, you know, Sanchez, Jerry, and Rob Van Mater and stuff like that's going to be there. Where's that guy at, man? That's funny. We had that conversation in the car. And uh, Rob, if you're listening to this, where are you, buddy? I know he was he was training in Union City a while back before Cape ever like well maybe when it started but he was uh, coming to Union City a long time ago. Uh, him and uh, his buddy Caleb, they were both coming up there. Yeah. Uh, eventually they both stopped coming. I think Caleb does more like bodybuilding and he's more in the gym, does stuff with that from what I've seen on Facebook. Okay. But I ain't seen nothing from Rob in forever, man. I haven't either. I talked to him maybe about a year ago. It was the last time I heard from him. But yeah, so anyway, so like after all that deal went down and, uh, you know, Sarge uh, ended up being a voice of reason being like, hey, you know, everyone's kind of family and, you know, Caleb's a uh, little something to deal with. So, which, uh, if anything, I don't know if he ever told you this Probably or if Sarge not. ever told you, but uh, 
it it was one of those things that like he ended up like calling Caleb in there to the room, and it's like, so y'all gotta imagine like we're in this little like, I wouldn't even say this room's like ten feet wide. Yeah, it's not very wide. So like he called Caleb in there, like a sad little child, to come and uh, say how he wanted to officially quit the Cape training program, and once he uh, decided, to, you know, to, I guess Sarge was there to help him build up his uh, confidence to yeah. do it, and he looked like a scared little kid trying to quit, and then he's like, oh, I remember the last thing he said to us was, he's like, man, I hope there's no hard feelings there, and it's like, dude, like, I'm two and a half hours away from home, and now I'm thrown into some weird and crazy thing because you started a situation, and all of a sudden now you want to be innocent until we're all face to face. Yeah, see, I don't know, like, all the whole background. All I was told was whatever the comment was in the group chat at that time, he told it to me, and then he was. I was like, who's that? And he was like, he's in there in the office. So I went into the <laughs> office. I was saying my goodbye. So I was dapping everybody up, and Sarge was like, this is Lee. I was like, I know who he is, and that's when we had our little conversation. Yeah. But I just heard what little part I heard, and I know it was enough to get me riled up. I don't know the whole situation. I know Caleb was a good dude to me. He never said anything. Against like out of the way to me, or at least that you knew of. That I knew of, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's everybody. Anybody could right. talk something. Yeah. So I mean, it was one of those things. Like it happened, and uh, I remember being pretty agitated when I left. I think it was more of an agitation of along the lines of like, I really like. I'm one of those people. I really could not care less if people like me, hate me, or whatever. Like I've always been that way. Yeah. I come from a small circle of friends, and you know. We're ride or die little to the end. So any other person, like, I could care less about. So, but it just really aggravated me more of kind of like respect thing. Because I was like, who is this kid? Yeah, I mean, I can and see And this is going to be the same kid that's going to try to come on down to uh, when I was in ownership of CCW. And, you know, this kid's going to want opportunity. And then he's going to see that, well, wait, this is the same guy like I just was hostile to in some locker room. So... Anyways, I never like I, I'm the type of guy that if I got something to say, I'm gonna say it. Like, right. I don't really care like what position you hold or like what your situation is. If if I want to say something to you, I'm probably gonna say it. Right. And it, I mean, it's probably gonna screw me at some point, <laughs> but it's working so far. Oh yeah, it happens. But yeah, so nonetheless, like I remember talking to uh, some people about it, and I was like, "You ain't gonna believe what happened." And uh, we just kind of you know talked about it that weekend and didn't think anything else about it. And then, uh, I know it was a few months later that it was pitched that you and your old tag partner were coming in to, uh, work in CCW. I think it's at the Chaffee show. Yeah, that shit was cold. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember, did y'all do the Chaffee show? I don't remember if it was the Chaffee we, we show. We debuted in Charleston. We, we came in through the crowd in Charleston and set up a match in Chaffee. Our first match was in Chaffee. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, one, I don't remember, was y'all in the ring? Who? Somebody I was uh, having to stand at the barricade for because... That was us. Okay. Because I know in Missouri, you know, there's like the whole no contact with yeah, the fans. Yeah, we didn't have license yet. Yeah. And uh, the booker forgot to tell me that that was actually going to happen. <laughs> so I'm literally sitting in the back corner over there talking with one of my buddies that lives there and uh, trying to sling raffle tickets. And then I see this happening. And then I see the booker kind of getting a little worried. And I'm thinking, oh, great, I'm going to have to go over there. So I go over there. But in the meantime, when he pitched to me that y'all were coming in, I remember he told me, he was like, 
yeah, you know, we'll probably try to get the King's Court in. Yeah. And I said, who? And he said it again. I was like, why does that name sound familiar? <laughs> and then when he told me, I was like, really? He's like, oh, yeah, but don't worry. There's no heat or anything like that because everything's like it was just a big misunderstanding. And at that point, I was pretty well burned out. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then especially the fact that, you know, it was going to lead to us being out in the freezing cold. Yeah, it was cool. So I was like, you know, if you're going to suffer, we're going to suffer together here. Yeah. So, but needless to say, y'all, y'all made y'all's debut. You know, fans really liked it. And, you know, all good things, you know, you were running the tag team division there for a little bit. But it looks a like, uh, so I guess uh, what happened there? It looks like the tag team's over for uh, the Kings Court. It's just pretty much, like I said it before, it's pretty much just a, a difference of goals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to make it to, you know, towns all across, you know, the United States, worldwide. I'm going to be on international television. Addison Kane, he's more so, you know, want to say, he wants to be kind of a local hero, and he'll tell you that. And ripping off the hooligan name. (laughs) Well, like I said, man, I told you this before we started. It was given to them. I don't even know if they knew who they were when it started. But I feel like, I think they've talked since then. Like, I feel like. Yeah, I think. I know, uh, I know they. Edison and my brother JP, they wrestled the hooligans a couple times. Uh huh. So I don't know if I don't think there's any heat with them. So I think it was just like 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 misunderstandings. Yeah, everything's yeah. a misunderstanding. That's the wrestling. That's indie wrestling for you. Yeah. But like, I you know I tried to do the singles thing. You know, every time I try to do the singles wrestling, I end up in another tag team. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, and that's what's happening now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you know you're doing your singles run. Uh, you're here tonight and uh. Zero one in Noble, Illinois, and uh, you're you're not in a tag. Are you? You're not in a tag team. I'm here. in a triple threat. You're in a the, triple threat. Yes, okay. The uh, dang, UIWA heavyweight title. Okay. With uh, man, I, I sound like an idiot, but I don't remember the guy's name. I, it happens. That's that's the thing with indie wrestling. There's so many names and stuff like that. It, it's hard to you know keep it all straight. Which you know, Piper Pfeiffer. Kyle Pfeiffer? Yeah, that guy. And uh, Mustache Guy. I don't know the Mustache Guy. Uh, he looks like a cop on the poster, so you know. Is his name Tanner? Tanner, yeah. He's okay. a op. He seems like an op, but. Okay. Just... Yeah, because uh, I was going to say, I've seen him in there, but I didn't know who he was. And then someone had said that name. So you have that going, but uh, your real big focus right now is uh, you uh, you started another tag team. Yeah, man. Well, it's something. It's been it's been brewing for months. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Me and Zay Washington, we're going to be known as the Young Goats. Don't worry. I know uh, Myron Reed goes by it. We've got the the clarification from him. We've talked to him. We got the okay <laughs> with it. It's no hooligan situation. <laughs> we got the okay with the name. Uh, we've been riding together to all these shows and wrestling each other for for months now. So we decided that, you know, having the option of being one of the best tag teams. You know, have the option to book uh-huh. those guys. We want to have, you know, we want to be that person that you can bring in for a singles match. You can bring in for the tag matches, whatever it wants, whatever it takes, you know, to make it. That's that's our main goal for both of us. And, and if, if another tag teams would do it, then then I'm here for it. And if it's one of the best, you know, we're both 19. We're both from small town Tennessee. They're both just two little babies right now in the business. We both been doing this for eight years, <laughs> and it hurts. Because I mean. I don't know much about Zay. I know the name was pitched to me because I think he made his CCW debut at that same Chaffee show, didn't he? Uh, nothing. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I want to say so because that's when I. I was... remember he was there. I don't remember. I think he may have wrestled Slammer. Or I... no, no, uh, 
Mr. 100 wrestled Slammer. He wrestled somebody. Yeah, because I remember uh, when I was told he was coming in, I was like, who is that? Which anybody that listens to this podcast knows it's not like, oh, Lee doesn't know these up-and-coming indie wrestlers. Yeah. Lee's, you know, notoriously known for following Deathmatch Wrestling. Right. So, you know, you talk about those up-and-comers there, I can talk to your head about But some of these up-and-coming, and, and uh, honestly, I don't know how you feel. I want to ask you about this. Uh, I don't know if you call it a gift. I don't know if it would be a gift and the curse, or if you just think it's something you got to shake. Outside of West Tennessee, it seems like a lot of people have a very negative opinion of West Tennessee wrestling. I feel like inside West Tennessee, a lot of people <laughs> have a negative opinion of West Tennessee. It's I'm learning very quickly. Uh, so I, I was forced to wrestle in West Tennessee for six years because I, I started wrestling when I was 13. So I right. had to wait till I was 18 to get out. But it was so negative and toxic for so long. And you know some of the guys, some of the guys are actually really good. And if if they would have tried harder, mm-hmm. I don't want to say tried harder because you know I don't want to sound like a bad guy, but I feel like a lot of people didn't put all the effort they could have into making it, so they decided that they were okay with being the local hero. Right. That's not me. Now I'm seeing that you know going to all these different towns that it's really supportive everywhere else. <laughs> like it's the total opposite of West Tennessee anywhere else I've been so far. Yeah, it's uh you know. Anytime, like, I heard in the CCW meetings that somebody from West Tennessee was coming, I was like, oh, <laughs> I really? Was- and, I mean, y'all, there were a few that, you know, stood out. I mean, y'all and Zay did really good. And, uh, you know, like, when we started, like, I was familiar from, like I say, going down to LAW, so I knew Jeff O'Dell and Del Tucker, stuff like that. So I was familiar with those guys. And then uh, as these younger guys were starting to come in, it's one of those things that's like, like I said, you know, it has such a negative notation. You're just like, ah, because in, you know, Tennessee, Illinois is kind of similar in the fact of like, there's not as many requirements to wrestle. So like in the yeah. state of Missouri, you know, just to run a show, you got to have licensed blood work, f- physical for the wrestlers and you got to have permit bonded insurance and all that other mess. So Missouri seems to really kind of, I don't want to say step up on the talent, but they have to. They make sure that there's a, a diehards that are going to really yeah. want to actually put the effort into making your show look good versus any Joe Blow off the street. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say Missouri's got the best talent because there's a few guys that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I yeah, there's I, a few guys. That's know. a whole other podcast of the people I don't like in Missouri, and I you know see. why certain promotions in Missouri don't get you know don't get supported like. Some of the others do. I guess it's the right way to say it. And, you know, there are some promotions in Missouri that only get by because they book a big name. And I don't want to say it's similar to, to Tennessee in that way, but, like, Tennessee, we've got, you know, all the show. we've got, like, four shows in a 30-mile radius. Yeah. You know, that's just how it goes. Everybody wants everybody that, that gets mad because they can't wrestle on a show opens a show. So that's pretty much how it goes. But, but everybody... There's always the loyal fans that that come in, you know, each and every week, and and but most shows make their money off of bringing somebody in. Yeah, I mean, you got you if you can, and that's the thing though, if you can run a show down there and you know draw weekly, and if you can do it at a low price point, then you know, go for it. I, you know, I was talking with Caleb from Four Sides. Uh, shout out to Caleb uh, on the way up here about that, and uh, you know, the cost to running a show in Missouri is so much, like I just said. Uh, you can't run weekly, so you know places like Tennessee can run weekly, yeah. and you know they can build storylines and talent and stuff like that. But eventually, 
you, you're going to start repeating yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, it, you know, I think some people may need to take a break from it, and I think that can hurt the door and stuff like that. But I definitely agree that, you know, you talk about, like, a 30-mile radius because, you know, you got a show in Dyersburg. Yep. And Newburn. then is, is EIW still running? Yeah, you got a show in Dyersburg, a show in Newburn, a show in Ripley, a show in Trenton. There's 15 shows in Memphis. And then Jackson, whatever. Jackson, well, USA, they're kind of all over. They do TV in Jackson, but they they usually run like their main shows more middle to East Tennessee. Okay. They're like uh, Gladeville, around the Nashville area, somewhere like in those towns. Okay, yeah, because like I said I've only been to a couple in Jackson. Yeah. I went to when they were out in the baseball field. They they do the the baseball field. They did that one, and then they run the Omen a lot. Like that's their. Uh, I think they do the Omen on either Saturdays or Sundays. I went to the Omen once for uh, when they brought in Road Dog. Uh huh. And uh, it's one of those things like they have a good talent. Some you know, I don't think the crowds appreciate it. I mean, one of the standout matches that night was a uh, Blake Christian versus Ray Phoenix, or not Ray Phoenix, Ray Fury. Yeah. And uh, it seemed like the crowd. Uh, didn't quite appreciate it as much as some of the other matches that they're punch and kick fans, man. Yes, they just like to see you be dirty, dirty bad guys, poke somebody in the eye and scratch their back. Oh man, I was telling this all in the car. So for those of you that don't know, from Cape Girardeau to here is a good solid almost three hour drive. So we had a lot to talk about, man, at Caleb. And uh, one of the things I was telling him about was uh, some of my adventures to LAW, which is now EIW. And some of the things I got to witness there, you know, besides some talents who were so drunk they almost fell off the ramp. <laughs> but I'm sure you could probably guess who that was. Yeah, I got a couple <laughs> in mind. It, it's bad when it's like not one particular person. You're like, eh, it could be a list of like yeah, ten. Yeah, there's, I'm, it's weird, man. It's like, I love it, but I hate it. But, it's home, though, you know. Right. Uh, you know, like Parkway Drive says, home is where the heart is. And if you know the rest of that saying, then you probably just chuckled. But uh, I didn't know it, that's why I didn't laugh. I'm I'll, sorry. I'll tell you after air. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so one of the angles they had did, there was a TV show that had ran down there called Wrestling with Death. Uh-huh. So growing up, now, this was way before Wrestling with Death. Like, where I lived at in the boot hill, what, there was no Memphis wrestling. Like, we were like 13 miles from the cutoff of where Memphis wrestling broadcast, like the broadcast ended. Okay. So we would only see Memphis Wrestling if we went to whenever they did a show in Crothersville or Kennett. So I never got to fully experience like the whole weekly story and all these names that came in. Yeah, you were just a spot show town. Yeah. I got you. So whenever LAW would bring in these Memphis guys, like I had no idea who they were. Like I remember, I think they brought, whenever they brought in uh, Tim and Mike Dial. Yeah. The- like I had no idea who they were. They brought in, I think, Flash Flanagan. One time? Flash Flanagan. I had no idea who Flash he was. Flash Flanagan, man, he's been all over the place. Uh, he he's done, he did Memphis TV and stuff. He went down to Puerto Rico for a while. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, he was in the uh, the clusterfuck at Janela Spring Break. Mm-hmm. He's been on. He's been. I don't know. I don't, it was so random to see that he was announced for the clusterfuck when I seen it. I was like, how how? Where's Flash been? Yeah. Like he's been. I haven't seen Flash Flanagan's name in years. And well, that was one of the, pop up again. Like I said, that was one of the things. Is like I had no idea who he was, but um, they were running when uh, they were running an angle when that right after that wrestling with death had started getting really popular, and they had brought in some of the some of the talent or some of the people from the show, 
And apparently it was very hot in Newburn, I guess, because Newburn is not far from Osceola, I guess. Yeah, Newburn and Osceola is probably like an hour and a half. Okay, so like they had brought in an angle, and uh, whoever, I forgot who it was, but if I remember right, I think it was like the mama or the sister or somebody had ended up getting a heel beat down, and like they had to turn the lights on the show. They were pushing everybody out, making announcements. If you're not part of the show, you have to leave because these people were losing their minds. Yeah. And I'm Tennessee's just, crazy, bro. It's so easy to work a Tennessee crowd. Oh yeah, it's like you you don't have to do like that. That's where that's my biggest, uh, I guess, my biggest critique in, in like the West Tennessee area is that I want to do too much. But it, I, you really don't have to do much in right. West Tennessee if you just be a really bad bad guy and have a really good good guy. They're gonna go balls to the walls for anything you do. I will say with West Tennessee also. They do have a lot of loyal fans that, like I say, will show up weekly. Like, and, like, they make uh, imprint on you, basically. Like, I remember there was this uh, older lady at EIW and LAW, and she'd always carry a baseball bat. Miss Beverly. Oh! Miss Beverly. <laughs> you know her by name! I, bro, I'm telling you, I grew up in those crowds, and then I started wrestling in front of those crowds. They've been all, I've been around uh, most people that you can think of. Like, I know several fans by name. You know, there's a lot of them I don't know, but... Yeah. But I just said, like, she's had the baseball bat, and she'd swing it at the bad guys. I'll kick her. I've told her. I've told her. She hits me with that thing. I'm kicking her in the jaw. I don't care how old she is. Because every time I... Like, I think the, always the worst I see her was when the Hustlers came out. Yeah. And, boy, she hated her some Hustlers. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, I wonder why, too. But, uh... So, yeah, you talk about that. So, like, you kind of come from, uh... West Tennessee wrestling royalty, I would say, right? Something like that. <laughs> I mean, I went. I th- my family deserves more credit than they get in the area. To be honest with you, uh, my dad, my dad. I feel like my dad could have made it. Yeah. But he he chose family life over going to shows and stuff like that, which I respect. My uncle, uh, Chris Rocker, he was he was doing Memphis TV and stuff back uh-huh. in the day. I got cousins all over the place doing it. My brother does it married to my family's married to other people that are wrestling uh-huh. it's like a bloodline it runs deep in West Tennessee but I'm trying to be the guy that gets, gets out. out yeah uh, that's one of the you know that's one of the things like you want to always try to break away from your family but uh, I wasn't until I was told like I I think I told you this uh, in a DM you know I didn't realize like how far how far you were tied into the family and everything yeah I mean it's it's pretty deep. Yeah, I didn't like I said I didn't know that. And uh when I was told that I was like, "Huh, really?" So, but like I said, you know, the past is the past like you've made it this far and you say, so your top focus is the young goats. Yeah, pretty much like pretty much our top focus is is making it. The uh-huh. two of us, both of us want to make it and we feel like if if it's against each other, with each other, you know, whatever options we got to put out to make that happen, you know, we're willing to do that. And we really think that we could be one of the best tag teams. You know, coming from 19, starting teaming up at 19, there's only better we can get. And, like, we're working week in and week out in ring. You know, we're doing stuff that nobody else, definitely in our area, is doing. Because we're pretty, we have to beg people to come in to, to work out with. Uh-huh. So, you know, we're we're the guys putting in the work at 19. We've been doing this for eight years. So we understand, like, the Memphis gimmicks. Like, we understand how to do the business business because of the way everything's ran in Memphis area. 
Right. So I think uh, we've. This is our main focus: is making it as a tag team and getting where we want to be. But you're not opposed to working one another. Of course not. I believe there's a possibility of us wrestling each other next Saturday in Bristol, Tennessee. So where's we, Bristol? Uh, it's like in the very edge of East Tennessee, like in okay. the very corner. It's it's like a six hour drive for me. It's a it's a pretty good drive, but you know you got it's opportunity. That, that's right, man. You got to make them towns, and like you said, you know people like you know they fall. Well, I keep going back to West Tennessee because that's just where you know kind of tie you and I together. Yeah, but you get those people that like don't really leave that area and there's such great talent for me a great example is that and i've always felt this way is del tucker yeah del tucker should be way bigger than what he is now yeah i agree i, I love del uh you know del was one of my favorites when he was coming into ccw and you know unfortunately he you know stepped away from missouri wrestling and uh, it's more than del he's He's been doing this forever. Like similar to me, he started really young, and so by the time he was going to CCW, he was already pretty much burnt out on it. Yeah. So like at this point, he comes in, does a few spot shows just to get the itch off, and then he's you know back to working, take care of the family, and he's doing tattoos and stuff right. now. So I think that's why we. I think it's just more of an itch thing for him now. And that's really sad because, like I said, you know, I, I've seen him over the years down in Newburgh and stuff like that, and in Union City. You know, that's what I want to talk about. Man, there was a time. Union City was the spot to be. You know. Yeah. Let me what? tell you who was, who was booking it then? My pops. Really? Yeah, my ba- my dad was running it. We're talking about around the time when Rikishi came in and we packed the building out, had to tear walls down to get more fans in. So the first time I went was when Vader came. Vader, okay. So that time, by that time, Sarge was running it. Okay. So when it... Whenever my dad took it over, he took over the books, uh, and Sarge was his guy that helped him out. Dad had too much had going on, so uh-huh. Sarge eventually took over the books. But still, for years, Munich City was a space to be. And I'm pretty, like, that's where I broke in at, so that's where I was trained, that's where I had my first matches and stuff like that. And I, I look back on it fondly. I mean, I'd like to go back to that building, but uh, I don't guess the way that everything went down at the end was ideal for the people that are running it now. So, I don't know what happened. I know that, like, I hadn't heard from them. Like, it seemed like it had been a hot minute since I'd seen anything. And then someone told me they had changed the, like, something else that came in there called Quality, Quality Pro, Pro Wrestling. Wrestling. It's the same uh, owner. They just rebranded and everything. Becky, uh, Becky Bobo, she, her and her ex-husband owned it when we yeah. came in. And then my dad was doing the books for him. And then at this point, I believe she still owns it. They've divorced since. She still owns it. Um, I believe Skylar Devins has a pretty good hand in everything up there. I don't know too much about the business. I know Dylan Blake. Uh, I think he's their heavyweight champion. That guy has got so much potential. But he's another one of those guys that are don't want to leave their town. Mm-hmm. It, it sucks, but uh, everything went down pretty rough. Sarge, uh, Sarge is like... Uh, Drama queen, right? So he just <laughs> ups and decides, makes a decision one yeah. day, and then it's over with. So he just up and quit one day. Uh, took everything down. And then my dad retook over the books for like a week. And then Sarge has his little guys that always follow him. And my dad's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. They're best friends and everything. So they left. I was 14, so I, mean, I didn't really have a choice. Right, so right. So I left. And a lot of the guys left. So they pretty much got 
for the most part, a brand new batch of talent in there. It doesn't, I mean, I don't know if you want to call this a shoot or not, but from what I've seen of it, don't seem like it really, the current way it's done apparently is not packing the house. I don't, I've seen, you know, the way it goes is you're not going to post pictures of your crowd unless it's pictures you want to see, right? right? So the only pictures I've seen, they've had uh, some decent, some good crowds. And those are on like the bigger events and stuff like that. But I couldn't tell you how the weekly shows are going. I don't even want to lie and say there's two people there or lie and right. say there's 200. Because, I mean, it seems like... But also, I feel like Union City is another one of those towns like that name really helps. Yeah. Although I've seen some na- a name backfire there. What's that? I saw... I was there when Moose came. And that did not... <laughs> uh, he came on one of the Ashley McClure's, right? Or was that a... So that was a show, remember that? I don't know if it's still a thing or not because wrestling fans tend to annoy me with some of the stuff that they talk about quite often. And this Facebook group called the Cult of Kayfabe. Cult of Kayfabe, got you. Like, it was just like a big old gathering of a bunch yeah. of people that were annoying. Yeah. But I knew, uh, it was, it was, I knew it was either a, a Jason show or yeah. that show. But it was one of those things, it's like, so with Moose, you know, Moose was in Ring of Honor. I don't feel like the Union City market is a Ring of Honor style market. You know, Ring of I don't know if Ring of Honor ever ran Memphis. I don't think because it always go to Nashville. Bringing in like the um, hot indie guys is not going to do much for you in in West Tennessee, right? If you want somebody there, you want to find an old head who can still go, mm-hmm. and people are going to come pay to see it. Because, I mean, the place, I remember the place was packed when Vader was there. Yeah. The place was packed when X-Pac was there. Yeah. And somebody that always seemed to draw surprisingly good, even though he's an indie guy, and he's a good friend of mine, and that's too tough Tony. Uh, yeah, I, he came that first time, I believe he came, like, one time on one of those big packed shows. Right. Where there was another name involved, and, you know, the Flame and Punch, people were going to want to come back and see it, so. So every time he came back after that, I believe, you know, they were hooked for it. Was you at the Vader show? Yeah. When Vader came out through a tent. Rest in peace, Vader. First off, anybody knows me knows I love Vader. Vader's one of my all-time favorites. But uh, I have to say, that night, he he was a little rough. I heard he came out there and cut the promo because I think it was like a four-way match. Before it was a four-way hardcore match. And I think they had tax in the ring. Maybe. And he came out there cutting a the promo, like, complaining about how... It's not real wrestling, and you know they I should be doing tax. And they did a um, six man that night. It was uh, it was Vader and his boy, Vader, his son, and I think Simon Reed from the Posse against uh, my dad, TJ, and somebody else. But TJ took an ass whooping that because <laughs> Vader didn't want to work with my dad for some reason. I don't know what the deal was there, but... Probably because your dad, you know, not the smallest people. Yeah, he's not a small guy, so he's not going to get bitched out. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing this for almost 30 years, bro. He's not going to get his ass kicked for nothing. Right, yeah. I mean, it was, so yeah, I'm sure Vader probably wanted somebody small and, you know... He beat the shit out of TJ. Yeah, I could, you know... Because I remember they had... Because they did the day before, they, or not the day before, the morning of, they did that car lot show. Yeah. You know... And uh, I remember Vader was just out there selling gimmicks, and I don't know that, see. And that's some of those other things is like with West Tennessee. I think about is like it just I don't know if it just didn't. It just seems odd to me coming from like 
the other side of the curtain and seeing some of the stuff. But uh, one of my favorite characters was uh, Jay Moore. Yeah. But it was always funny because somehow he would always end up like in a war, an anti-war with uh, Too Tough Tony. And I remember some of the deals with him, and he would cut these anti-Juggalo promos. And then anybody, like, he cut one that day against Too Tough Tony. I remember that. And then, like, you watch him get in the back of his car, and it had, like, a giant hatchet man on the back (laughs) of the car. Most of the time, the hats he wore out to the ring had a hatchet man on them. I I don't remember those promos, but that's pretty funny. Jay Moore, he was a hell of a manager, bro. I don't know what happened to him. Like, last I seen, he had came to... uh, to do uh, one of the Cape show. He, he did, did the Charleston Char- show. And then he never showed back up. And then somehow he ended up with show. Then Trendle ended up with Showtime. And then. I, I know in, in West Tennessee, there's some heat between Jay Moore and Showtime. So, you know, the promoters would pick their favorite. Yeah. And Jay Moore kind of got the boot. And Showtime was a new face in town for a while. And that's what happened in your city. Showtime came in. Jay Moore was gone. That was pretty much. The last I seen of Jay Moore, Jay Moore would pop up every once in a while with uh, NRG, Anton LaVey, and uh, yeah. Ricky Andrews. He would pop up with those guys at one show, and then the next time I seen him was at Cape. And like, but does Jay Moore have heat with Hood Time? I, I couldn't. Tell you. <laughs> I, I don't know if they've met. Uh, I don't know if they've met. They well, Jay Moore did used to be a prison guard, so perhaps, yeah. perhaps he did meet Hood Time. Well, that's true. You know, I couldn't tell you, but uh. Yeah, like I said, I, and I love Hood Time, or Showtime, and I love Hood Time, too. Yeah. But, uh... It's a little, uh, stereotypical, but it works in Memphis. So, actual funny story about that, this, that going back to where we started this conversation at with our first meeting, before you had gotten in there, I was in the room with, uh, Showtime and, uh, Sarge, and... That was he had introduced me officially. Sergeant introduced him officially to me, and uh, I was like, you know, introduced myself, stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, I told him he needs to take the hood time gimmick and go down there to Cape. And I <laughs> said, don't work like that, man. I was like, well, first off, I didn't want to be that guy to be like, wait, are you and Hood Time the same person? And but uh, also, I was like, yeah, man, you'd have to probably come as a Showtime gimmick. I don't think that Hood Time gimmick would quite go over up north like it does down here in West Tennessee. But again, I think you have to agree. I think Some of the stuff they get by in West Tennessee would not fly anywhere else. A lot of stuff, man. Like, I see people... I'm not Which reminds me, I have a story to tell you after we get done recording. I, I see people, like, try to start up, like, a gay gimmick or something. Like, uh-huh. That's not a gimmick. And you can't... That's not, right. That's not right. You can't do that no more. Like, I got, Memphis is, like, so stuck in their ways, man. They don't see the way... They don't know how Twitter works. They don't know any of that stuff. They don't know. Actually, I think that's one of the things that uh, got you and I closer was our mutual uh, similar, I guess would be the word, views on politics and current social situations. Yeah. You know, which was the exact opposite of your your former tag partner. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was, <laughs> those conversations <laughs> in the car. Oh, we, man. We'd be arguing. I mean, it was never nothing like too serious but he had his views i had my views so there was some like when we was talking about politics there was some heated arguments but any other time we was pretty cool yeah yeah so yeah um so like i said you know it's been great talking with you you know i'm glad we got everything settled between us and you know we move forward and uh you know 
I, I, I expect to see big things out of you with the uh, young goats, you and hey, Zay. And also, don't forget, Animal Fight Underground. I'm hey, man, I'm, getting, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it, man. I'm going to take over there, man. Oh, man, I, I, I don't know, man. I know you cut from a certain cloth, but I'm telling you, man, some of them guys over there. They don't. They don't play them West Tennessee games. They don't play them yeah. CCW games. Hey man, all I gotta say, you know, there, there's no rules in the fight underground. There's some plans in place. Things are looking good. I talked to some people. I talked to some people. So we know. I know how it's looking at for me. Big league. <laughs> I know you got a hand in some stuff over there, but you got a hand in what I'm working on. You know. You know. I've, I've been known to be tied to some dangerous people, and. Hey man, you're he, sitting right across from one. Hey, I'm a sleeper. I'm a sleeper. You're a sleeper, man. You know, I I don't want you to run off like some of them other people do. They get their first little taste of the underground, and they ain't seen or heard from again. And then some people are too afraid to make it over to begin with. But that's another story for off air. I ain't afraid. I got some. There's some people. Uh, we mentioned the tag team division. Yeah. There's some tag teams there. I'd love to be in the ring with. So. Oh yeah, most definitely. So yeah, so uh, so ta- speaking of moving forward, you know, you talked about the young goats. Uh, you talked about you. Looking at next weekend, looking at Bristol, mm-hmm. and a fight underground, February twenty fifth, quick skating rink. Yes, you're going to be in the show. What are you doing on the show? Uh, we're in a big scramble. Okay, uh, I can't remember all the names in it. I know I'm in there. I know my tag partner Zay Washington's in there. Uh, Ray Waddell's in there. Oh man, uh, Ray Waddell's a beast. I've I've heard, I've seen some stuff. I didn't I didn't really know him before I seen the poster, but I've, I've been doing some research on those guys. I'd like to get in there with Ray Waddell. Yeah, he uh, he's got his hands big over in the WWA over in Kentucky. Okay, and Evansville, but uh, yeah, that's some good solid talent there. And uh, they said it'll be your debut, it'll be Zay's debut over in the Fight Underground. Yes, sir. Uh, any you think that any way like this could end the Young Ghost before they get started? You think y'all two can nah, keep man, business apart? We understand that that we. We both want to win matches, right? And we understand that some of those times is going to be against each other. Uh, Zay beat me forever, and we still rode in the car home together. So we, we, we've right. already been doing this. You know, we've been having these matches and making up and still rolling off. So I don't see no, no beef coming from that. So from there, uh, so after the scramble, so you think you, you're going to look at focusing more on the tag division in Anafight Underground? We're looking into it, man. Like I said, there's some tag teams there. That, that you I think like. you could take out Roscoe and Lisa? I'd love to, man. I wrestled Roscoe and Lisa. Shimmerhorns, Skimmerhorns. Man, they've changed their name so many times the last six months. From this podcast <laughs> here, they're gonna be refor- they're gonna be known as Lethal Injection. Okay, so yeah, Lethal <laughs> Injection, man. I've worked with both of those teams before with previous tag partners. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Both of them were with my brother when me and my brother were doing tag stuff. And I mean, I enjoyed it both times, both teams. I'd love to do it again with Zay. So are you down to get down with the uh, with the ultraviolets there? So so hear me out. You know we have a thing there called tag team warfare. I haven't heard of this. So it's basically it's a tag team. You know our first tag team warfare was uh, Cash Borden and Mickey Knuckles against Dalton Diamond and Ty Blade. Okay, so here's my thing, Lee. Um, I'm from Memphis, right? <laughs> I, I didn't ever grow up watching deathmatch wrestling. Yeah, and and looking at it now. It's not my cup of tea, but I see that the, there is the tag division that, you know, there's the people that aren't doing all death matches and stuff right. like that, and there's always room for those on shows, and I think I'm the guy to take that and lead it to the top, man. Well, there you go. But just uh, just remember, 
if I got to get put through a table, man, I'll do it. If that's what it takes for me to win, I'll go through a table or go through a ladder. I just, if I got to get stabbed, I'm fighting. <laughs> You're not going to stab me, I promise you. I tell you, man, like some of that top-tier talent we got, like that. that's what it's all about, you know. We're going to get the boards. We're going to get the bar. I mean, we got a, bar, a barbed wire board match coming up. But I see I got some, there's some crazy stuff happening. That's right. That's right, man. But hey, when you're in a fight underground, that's what it takes. You that's know? what it takes. It, like you said, you know, it's not a kick punch bad guy situation over there. No, sir. But yeah. Well, like I said, man, like I wish you nothing but the best. You know, I look forward to seeing your work tonight here at Zero One. I look forward to seeing you back at, or making your debut in the Anna Fight Underground. And uh, where can everybody find you on the socials? Man, uh, Instagram is the Aaron Roberts. Twitter is Aaron underscore Roberts 01. Uh, then you can look me up on Facebook at Aaron Roberts. What's that parlor? I, I don't have a parlor. <laughs> <laughs> I never made it there, man. Hey, you're going to have to get you one if you're going to promote yourself in West Tennessee now. That's right. Well, I'm pretty sure they got shut down. No, they came back. Oh, uh, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was one of those things because I laugh about it a lot and, uh, I've lost a couple of Facebook friends over this recently, but, uh, so parlor got shut down over Amazon. Well, they basically got kicked off Amazon's hosting. Yeah. And, uh, so they went down when they went down, they had virtually like almost no security. So a lot of people, their code was left open so they could people get in their ha- accounts. They also turned over copies of their hard drive to the FBI. And then magically some company, I forgot the name of it, but they also host like 8chan and stuff like that. So other sites that's known to push, uh, I guess, quote unquote, views. yeah, certain extremist views. Uh, that got put, you know, so they're on there now. So I know that I don't think that they're still on the app stores, but I think you can still, you know, the you web can find them the, somehow. Well, you can go to the website and make your own app on the phone. I've got some, uh, I've got some friend or family members and stuff on that app, man. Oh yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm it, kind of the uh, the outcast in that situation. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I some of those holiday conversations we recently just had. Yeah, is uh, it's not the easiest. But yeah, man. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on here. I look forward to what you do in the future. And then, um, like I said, good luck tonight. Good luck in the Anna Fight Underground. And I want to thank everybody else for listening to this. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support. I'm glad we all, all of us that made it through to 2021, you know, we're looking forward to a big year here at the Big Leagues World Podcast. And uh, I just want to thank y'all for all the love and support. Head over to BigLeagueWorld.com and pick you up a t-shirt for the Big Leagues World. Uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe to this podcast and this uh, episode. Uh, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to shoot us an email at BigLeagueWorld at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Big Lee's World. You can find us on all three of them there. No, we're not on Parlor, so we will not be found there. And, not uh, yet. Yeah, not yet. And I think it would take a lot to change that, too. But uh, nonetheless, like I said, thank you, Aaron, once again for coming on here. Good luck tonight. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I appreciate the support. Much love. And as always, two scoops of whoop, whoop, whoop.